0: Men and women who were so they lived their life for the Lord and just from the heart, genuine, deep. Authentic relationships with the Lord from real people And so I started to fall in love with Oakden just based on that trip and the people who went uh, And since then uh, Helped out with one camp in the summer last summer and got to know some more of you then And uh, Then little by little in Sunday school like you mentioned Bible studies I'm just falling in love with the body of Christ here And uh, then the Lord up and moved us to Carthage <laughs> Oakton uh, Where My husband leads praise and worship there. So that's where we are on Sunday mornings. Here's a picture of the family. And uh, there's my husband. He's the tall one, in case nobody's put that (laughs) together yet. And no, he was not born tall. People ask that all the time, right, Joyce? (laughs) Were you born that way? Uh, No. (laughs) Um, Yes, he did play basketball in high school. Traveled. All over the U.S. playing basketball. So there's an answer to your question in case you hadn't gotten to that question yet. Um, and uh, what? He graduated Jasper High School and Rama Bible College near Tulsa. This is Lydia. You may have recognized her in the crowd. She's 12 years old. She loves art. Uh, she's, the one, she's my guinea pig, the one I try everything on. And if it doesn't work, I change it for the younger two. And uh, she's my girl. I love, I love the girl, the pink in the house. Uh, Andrew is on with the hat, brother of the year, and he is. He's a, he's a good brother most of the time, except for the mischievous part. He's 10 years old, and, and uh, the, our 12-year-old Lydia and our 10-year-old Andrew have done this their whole life, always vying for the top spot of the tallest kid in the house. So that's always been a fun competition. Is the boy or the girl going to be the tallest? Since daddy's tall, you have to always have that going on, right? Jonathan is our third. He is five years old, so we're just starting learning to read putting those, those um, phonics together and making words out of it, so that's been really fun. He's the, the ball of energy. He's the Mr. Personality. He's the one that makes us all laugh in our house. Of course, everybody's funny, except Mommy's corny, according to the kids, so who knew? Who knew? You learn so much from your kids, don't you? <laughs> um, so we came here to talk about a more beautiful you, right? And these, um, I'm just so thankful to be able to do that. And I love the skit earlier. That's super cute because I had in my notes here, uh, we may share beauty tips, some fingernails, you know, how to remove the dark circles under your eyes, some, some girly stuff. <laughs> but really what I want to, I want to dig deeper. We, we raise our kids, at least when I was growing up uh, we, our mothers told us pretty is as pretty does, you know, and so it's not so much about the outside as it is the inside. So I'm, we're going to dig deep. I'm a deep thinker. So come along with me. Okay. Let me give you an idea of what we're going to talk about today. Um, we're going to talk about what is identity, identity in Christ. How does that differ from self-esteem? You guys got a little bit into that in your questions, but I just want to talk about that a little bit deeper. If you've heard of cardboard testimonies, I have a couple of short YouTubes, a couple of one-minute videos to show you. Uh, so that'll that'll be good. And then parts of my testimony, uh, I always like to hear when it, when there's a speaker talking, I want to hear their personal stories. So if that doesn't bore you, I hope you'll... You'll go along with me on that one. And then we're going to find things in God's word, okay? Um, When we get there, there's some papers I laid out on the table, so we can just pass them down the rows instead. Uh, And then receive a new name. That's what the name tags are on the tables. Um, You'll get a name tag, and as we go, you'll understand what those are for. Don't write your name on them yet. And finally, how can we help if we get there? Uh, And then common real-life examples. We may not get there. We'll see. Where's my clock? 11.23. And I have until Debbie... Well, I wouldn't say that. Okay. Okay. So it's a little flexible. If you need to leave, I won't be offended if if you've got other stuff going on today. But I'm really glad you're here. So let's get started, shall we? All right. Here we go. I looked up, as, as a good homeschool mom does, right? You look up the definition first before you talk about the topic. So I was being a good girl, and I looked up identity. What does identity mean in the Webster's Dictionary? It means the distinguishing character or personality of an individual or individuality, okay? In the thesaurus, there's a couple of words, one being uniqueness, the other dissimilarity. Okay, so distinguishing you from other people. We're going to talk about our identity in Christ and how it differs from self-esteem. We we want to build others up, do we not? We want their self-esteem to be high, don't we? I always thought so. But as I'm growing, I'm realizing maybe that's not such a good idea. And I, that was sort of a trick question. I apologize. But as I was growing up, it was really important to build people's self-esteem, to to tell people they look pretty today, to point out their strengths, to do to do those things. And it is important. But who, the focus of who we're building up in my in my mind is very important, as well, um, because the thing is with with self-esteem. Is that it crumbles easily? Okay? Self esteem crumbles easily. What about a failure? What if there's a job loss? Or what if there's a relationship that fails? How is that self esteem? If you've build that, built that person up and it's all about them and who they are, then when there's a failure, what's gonna happen to that self esteem if it's based on that person in, in and of themselves? What about circumstances? Um, when they're feeling tired, when they've done poorly, how is their self-esteem going to be affected by somebody else grouching at them or them being grouchy at someone else? What about if, uh, expectations change on their job and suddenly they don't feel like they measure up anymore? Then their self-esteem, if, if it's built on themselves, that person themselves, it's that, that, uh, it's going to crumble, isn't it? What about, we're, we're ladies, we can talk about bodies. Robert's the only guy in here, and he kind of, he's been around the block. <laughs> but as, as we grow, our bodies change. Pregnancy, ouch, yuck. <laughs> There's a lot of things that happen that are not so pretty. As we, as we age, our bodies change. What if our, what if our self-esteem is bound up in, in what we look like, right? The, it's going to change things. What about our financial status? Let's say uh, there's, there's, we hit bankrupt and all of a sudden that changes and we've previously been all wrapped up in how much money we have and, and, the, and the clothes we wear and the car we drive. If that's who we are, then there's going to be a big problem if the financial status changes suddenly, isn't there? So these changes, um, instead of build, building self-esteem, how about we build who we are in Christ. Can we do that instead? Let's, let's compare the two. You guys are doing a good job at following along. I'm kind of not following my notes exactly, so I appreciate that. Uh, when we identify ourselves as far as who we are in Christ, the definition is based on who God is in us. Do you see the difference? But when, we, when we're looking at self-image, it's defined by human beings. And you all talked about that a little bit in your groups. I hope some of the answers were things like, well, as a child, a self-image is defined by parents, siblings, maybe teachers. As we grow, it's more our coworkers, our friends, as people speak into our lives and they tell us, oh, you have a big nose, then the rest of your life, yeah, I'm the big nose girl. I my nose has always bothered me. Things like that, right? Aren't you affected by what other people say about you? Maybe you've been made fun of, and you're always the girl with the bad breath, right? (laughs) Or the stinky feet, or whatever it is that just happened to be wrong that particular day, then the the, the rest of your life, you're all worried about your feet, right? You're all worried about your breath, or whatever it is that that was you. Are you identifying a little bit? That's real life, isn't it? Your identity in Christ, if you are grounded in Christ, living in you, and the characteristics that God is in you, those things never change. Wrinkles may form on your face like they have mine. I was amazed when I saw them there. I'm like, that's supposed to happen to everybody else, but it's not time for mine yet. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm far from old. Those aren't supposed to be there yet, but they are. It's a good thing that I don't base my life on how pretty my face looks, okay? Because God never changes. And uh, our self-image does change, doesn't it? If, if, if who we are is based in what we look like, how much money we have, like I, I was saying earlier, then that changes. Our identity in Christ is a solid foundation. It's solid it's not something that moves, and, and we have to always keep up with it, right? Like we have to do if, if our identity is based on who we are, it's always like, oh, I better make, make sure I have my makeup on before I go to Dollar General or somebody might see me. You know, I've had those thoughts. Don't deny it. Don't deny it. You have to. <laughs> um, but if, if your identity is in Christ... And you, you are letting him shine. Those things, the other things don't matter so much. You see where I'm going? I hope so. I did another search just because I'm a nerd. I looked up in the Bible. Life. Lifetime. Lifespan. I did a word study in the Bible. This is... um, now, I don't want to get you down. I don't want to depress you. But I want you to know what the Bible says about our life. What is it compared to in God's word? Listen to this. Our lives are described as a vapor or a mist. Do you remember seeing that? That's in James 4. Our lives are compared to a passing shadow. Whoa. Whoa. Four different places in God's word, it said our lives are a passing shadow. Our lives are compared to grass withering and flowers fading. That's in 1 Peter, Psalm 102, Isaiah 40, James 1, and Job 14. Wow, that's big. So your life, Tammy, is like grass withering. And she needs a hug. And flowers falling. I don't I'm not we're going somewhere. We're not gonna stay here, okay? But it does help you realize wow, this makeup, it's not so important after all these shoes. I don't have to have them. Or whatever the, you know, whatever hangs you up. Okay. Our lives are compared to a wind. A wind in Psalm 78 or a breath in Job 7, or a sigh in Psalm 90, okay? That's what God's word says about my life, okay? So now let's flip the coin real quick. <laughs> let's look at the other side. Let's, let's talk about how incredibly delighted and how overwhelmingly nuts God is about us. Okay, so our lives are short, and whew, there they go. But on the other hand, he counts our hairs. That's a little nutty, you know? I mean, I was excited to have my babies and explore their fingers and toes and count them and go, oh, look, she's getting freckles. I've always loved freckles. And those little crazy things that moms do, right? That they're just like, ah, head over heels, right? Right? Over our nieces and nephews, over, over somebody we love, we're just nuts. Well, God, he's pretty nuts. To count our hair? Really? <laughs> what about the shower this morning? I think I lost about eight of them. Does he keep, you know, is it minus eight? On, the, You know what I mean? I, I got a new shampoo, so that'll thicken my hair, right? So next time he'll write plus ten. I don't know. He's a little nuts over us. Oh, and I love Zephaniah 3.17, where he loves us. He dances over us with singing. Yeah, Zephaniah 3.17. He dances over us with singing. Have you ever seen a daddy dance over his kid? Sing to his kid? Maybe he doesn't if he doesn't like how he sings. But I've seen my husband sing a song from his heart to Lydia when she was a baby. And it was the most beautiful thing. That's what God does to us. He sings over us. He dances over us. Even though our lives are gone. Isn't that, doesn't that make you marvel? I don't know. I kind of got on a sidetrack there. But, um... And then, connect this thought. Jesus, when he was on earth, formed a relationship with his disciples. He did miracles. He did teaching. Everybody was very attached to Jesus, and they thought he was going to set up a kingdom, and everything would be hunky-dory, right? He'd fix everything, and then he dies. But before he went, he returned to heaven to be with his father. He said, I'm going away. I can't quote this, but I think that you might be able to find it in the Word. I'm going away, but it's better that I leave you because I'm sending the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to be with you. So better than Jesus being here is the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit? Is it Jesus living in you? No. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. It's the Holy Spirit. Whoa. That's better than Jesus walking on this earth. When I was a kid, I thought it would be really cool if I could walk and be one of Jesus' disciples and just hang out with him, you know? But I've got something better. We have something even better than hanging out with Jesus on the hillside. The Holy Spirit, God, Holy Spirit is living inside of us. That's so much better because he's not just with me, but he's with Amy. And he's not just with me, he's with Julie too. You know? Ah, I can't get over it. So imagine that worth. I'm gonna skip ahead um, and say something that I may repeat later, but you'll pardon me, won't you? Think about this. When you go to the grocery store and you pick up a can of green beans, how much do you pay? Patty? (laughs) Do you keep track of your groceries that closely? Uh, A buck or so, plus or minus? Okay. Okay. So you don't count. No. What's that? 86 cents? cents was no, a good deal, not, anymore. not anymore in the eighties. If you get an off brand anyway. So the, the value that they put on an item is what it's worth, right? I'm going to have to pay a little more than 86 cents. If I go and I buy myself a new top, right? I'm going to have to go and fork out a little more dough if I'm going to buy a piece of art that's been handed down through generations of a family and was painted by Picasso. I'm going to have to fork fork out a little more dough because it's more valuable, right? The value is based on the price given, right? Have you ever been to an auction? The value of the item goes up based on who's in the crowd, right? What they're going to pay for it. What about our value? The king of heaven and earth laid down the life of his only son for me. The value of me is a king's son. Is the king the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Is how much I'm worth? That sounds like blasphemy. But it's how he feels. It's how he feels. So am I going to look at myself and go, "Oh, my fingernails—they're terrible. Look at that spot right there. No, but I don't want anybody to notice. I'll just keep my fingernails in my pockets today, so that so that nobody notices what my fingernails look like." Or am I going to look at God, by God's perspective and say? I was worth the price of his son. Do you get it? Okay. Let's play some of those cardboard testimonies, shall we? 4 Isn't that beautiful? Um, Do a YouTube search on cardboard testimonies. You can watch hours of them. It's really a beautiful thing. Um, and I am sure that each of you all have a cardboard testimony. If you haven't thought about it a lot, you ought to take a moment sometime later this afternoon or tomorrow and think about what's my cardboard testimony. Just in, in a summary, what is it that God's done in me? Recently, I was overwhelmed. Uh, I was feeling like this poor lady. And we've all felt that, right? But recently I was just I just felt like I might as well lay down and have one of those steamroller things that work on the road. You know, just 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 do it. That's how I feel. Just lay me flat. That's how I feel. Just get it done. Right? In those moments I feel like eating a bunch of chocolate, sitting down and And just doing as much Pinterest. Why Pinterest? I don't know. To give myself more things to do. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Let's think through this. But I like Pinterest, so it's fun to explore creative ideas. Just sit down and do that too, and then, or maybe crawl under my blankets and just go to sleep. I, you know, to prioritize and to start on something that I have to do. Oh, do you ever get to that point? Yes. We're ladies. We're mamas. We're wives. We're students. We're we're working people. Yes, we get there. So how do you react? I react, I'm like grumpy. I'm complainy. I bite my kid's head off, right? Don't ask her. She'll tell you the truth. (laughs) Yes, it happens. Okay, so here I was again. This was last week. Here I was again, feeling like this, feeling like, yes, just steamroll me over. That's how I'm feeling. And I'm sitting on the side of the couch going... Okay, I really should start on something. What should it be? And the Holy Spirit, that quiet little, not even quite noticeable nudge on the inside, just so quiet goes, Remember? Remember what I've done other times you've been feeling this way? I was like, Huh, that's a good idea. Okay, I'll try it. So I wrote some down for you. Other times I felt like this. Okay, so one of the first days in high school, uh, my brother was the only person in the whole high school that I knew because we had just moved from Kansas to Carl Junction High School two weeks before school started. So uh, he was the only person that I knew. Ninth grade. I hadn't even gotten a a chance to say goodbye to my old friends. So I was feeling overwhelmed and... um, but as time went on, I realized that it truly was a blessing in disguise because I found out some of my ninth-grade friends had done some things that I was not proud of them, and I would not have wanted to be influenced by the decisions that they had made that summer. And it was, it was God giving me a fresh start, new friends. Another time that I felt overwhelmed was the first day of nursing school when it was MSSC sitting on yeah those days (laughs) sitting on the edge of the bed and thinking I'm I'm staring at this mountain this necessary mountain that I have to climb and going I don't know how I can do it there's 50 year old ladies who have told me it's the hardest thing I've ever done and I'm going thanks a lot (laughs) so what do you do in the morning you open your bible and you pray right where did I turn I turn to Isaiah forty-one ten. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That was God that morning talking directly to me about MSSC nursing. Do you see that in that verse? That was in that verse this morning. It said, "Fear not." For I, God, am with Maranatha. Do not be dismayed by nursing school, for I am Maranatha's God. I will strengthen her. I will help Maranatha. I will hold her with my righteous right hand. That's what the Bible said to me that morning. And then there was the day in June of 2000, where I was standing on the edge of Shoal Creek. We had been called there that Sunday morning by the coroner. We had been searching for my brother, who was 25 years old, for three whole days. There were divers from the neighboring counties who had come to dive in the creek and find my brother's body. There were search dogs who had come from another county who were searching. Those dogs were up and down the banks of the river. I had been, my my sisters had been, my family, my friends. Angie was there searching up and down the banks of that river. (sighs) Weren't they? All of the people that we knew were there on the banks of that river looking for my brother for three days. But here I am standing on the edge of the Shoal Creek shore. In June, we're holding hands. Everybody's in a big circle. The coroner says, we found his body. All of a sudden, this is my personal experience. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit sweeps me up and takes me far and away. I can see that circle down there. Those are my family and friends down there. But I'm feeling safe and secure. I'm feeling comfortable in that comforter, comforter of the Holy Spirit. I know him as my comforter because he showed me that that day. I'm going to read this one because I don't want to cry. Bombarded on every side, emotionally attacked, years of believing lies about myself and other people, I'd come to a place where I knew I could do nothing more in my own strength I tried for so many years to fix things, but I just made some things worse. Stepping out of the picture, I chose to trust God completely to do the work. And I came back to a miracle. God had done the work in two weeks that I had tried to do over a period of years. Next slide, please. This is another place I find myself in God's word. Out of Song of Solomon 8:5, who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Have you been in that place, that wilderness, that dry place where nothing's happening? And it's dry, and you're like, oh, God, I thought I was obeying you. I thought I was following you. Where's all the good stuff? But it's just hard and it's just rocky and relationships are yucky and people aren't doing things like you're supposed they're supposed to be doing, you know? But you find, it, I found, you find in that place, that wilderness place your lover that he is for you the person that those other people just can't measure up to be. Those people can't meet your expectations cuz they're human like me. <laughs> That's where I found my lover in the wilderness. And I came back depending on him, leaning on him. I'm sorry about my mouth. It's doing other good other than crackling. <laughs> That's the place that makes you stronger. Don't raise your hands. But have you found him there? <laughs> have you found your lover there in that place, in that dry place? Did you learn to lean on him more? Did you come closer to him? So those are some things from my life that came back to my mind when the Holy Spirit said, Okay, you're overwhelmed. Remember. Remember what I did the other times you felt this way. Those are some situations that I remember. Remember. Okay, so hold on. There's a lesson to learn in this. I'm 41 years old. Bad things are going to happen. They're going to... I told Joyce this. (laughs) Um, I've seen the generation ahead of me and the generation ahead of them. And I've seen they're still having trials and tribulations. They're still going through rough stuff. I thought maybe that was going to end. You know, like you mature out of that or something but I was wrong. It's, it doesn't end. Oh yeah. Heaven, heaven. That's why they call it the eternal resting place. What's a better term for that? I will enter into my rest, right? Because oh my goodness, this stuff is over. And sorry, get a little crazy sometimes. Um, that I can rest And all of that junk is done and over with. And I'm so glad. So I decided, okay, I'm 41. How old am I going to live? I don't know. My kids said I'm over the hill because I'm 41. Just a number. Come on. So um, I decided I'm going to make, I'm going to plan ahead here. I'm going to preset my mind. I told you this too, Jojo, didn't I? I'm going to preset my mind. What is my reaction going to be? When I come to this overwhelmed place again, I'm going to choose right now how I'm going to react when this next situation happens and I'm feeling like Pinterest chocolate covers, right? (laughs) Okay. So what am I going to do? I've decided. (laughs) Here's my default thoughts. He's been faithful before. He'll do it again. Talk to myself. He's been faithful before, you silly girl. He's gonna do it again, and God in me is more than a conqueror. No, I can't do it. I've learned. No, not me. Not me. I'm not Supergirl. I used to think so, but I'm not. I've learned. I'm. I'm pretty. You know that that we're made of dirt. Our life is but a but a vapor. I I, I really can't do much on my of my of myself. John 15 says that, doesn't it? That we can't do anything without him. So, going to the new school. Oh, I didn't read the last one. I'm sorry. I can't wait to see what he does with this. That's my preset mindset. Next time I go into a situation like that, you can hold me accountable. If I'm going through stuff, you come and you say, remember what you were going to do? You were going to think... I can't wait to see what God's going to do because he always does something cool out of it. There's always a blessing. There's always growth, isn't there? Unless you go the way of the world and react and, and throw a fit and throw everything away. But if you trust in him, there's a blessing. There's a blessing. So he's been with me to the new school. He spoke his word over me. He was there comforting me when my, husband, when my brother died. He cleaned up the mess I made. So he's, he, that process was crafting me into his image. So I wrote myself a new name. This is who I am. Like those cardboard testimonies, you know? This is my new identity in Christ. This is who I am. He was there with me that whole time. I know that I'm his beloved. I know that I am. And in a little bit, you guys will be able to make your own name tags, make them with your heart, not just to please me. And Okay? But in a little bit, we'll pass name tags out, and we'll do that. Um, next slide, please. So what, other peop- what do other people say about you? Your kids, what do they say about you? When they're little, they say, you're the most wonderful mommy in the whole world. <laughs> and I'm learning what they say as they grow older. <laughs> what do your coworkers say? Do they put in your head things like, men are jerks, can't trust them, got to take what you can get? What do your coworkers say? What voices are you hearing from them? Are you going to believe what they're saying? Are they speaking God's word? Or are they saying what the world says? What does TV movies tell you? We watch far too much TV, guys. We believe way too much of it subconsciously, don't we? You got to be sexy. You got to be successful or you're nothing. And you ought to treat your husband like he, he doesn't know a thing. Have you noticed that? Like none of the men know anything on TV at all. They don't have a brain. And we subliminally is that a word? Believe that. And then our poor husband, our poor boys. How dare the world de demasculinize our men like that? They're men of God. They're warriors. How can he tear him down like that? That's a terrible thing to do. Do not agree with that junk. Do not, I'm talking to me as well. Do not treat your man like that. He's not an actor on TV. He's God's chosen vessel for your family. God chose him for you, for your children. Sorry, that was my little soapbox. What have you always believed about yourself? I'm shy. I'm boring. I don't have anything funny to say. My nose is big. My feet stinking well. My breath does, too. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> what do you believe as you've grown? Who are you, really? I hope I'm getting you to think. OK, next slide, please. Thank you, Norma. So let's go to God's Word and find some places about what God's Word says. Now I know you've go with me on this. It's um, the the Christian world has has picked this up, and um, I'm so excited about the Christian world picking this up and going with it. Who we are in Christ and our identity in Christ. Um, but let's not just oh yay I'm more than a conqueror. Let's take it to heart. Let's not just Go, oh yeah, it's a Christian Christianese thing to say, <laughs> but make it a part of who you are. Name yourself, you know. Make it for real. Don't make it a fad. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, God says that we can really change from believing what the world says to what God says about us in Romans twelve two. It says, be transformed by the renewal of your... That means you can change the way you think. So the things that I've always thought about myself, I can really change those things? Nah. Really? I have the power to do that. Cool. Very cool. It says we can change the way we think. And not only that, that it will transform who you are. Look at that. Be transformed. How? By renewing your mind. So as soon as I start to believe this, I'm going to act different. I'm not going to be all shy and maybe they'll like me. Maybe if I'm good enough and I'm pretty enough, they'll think I'm cool. But instead... I'm loved by God. Thank you very much. And if you don't like me, sorry, you're missing out. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's true. And that sounds so proud, prideful, proud to think that way. It's not. It's because we are not of this world, are we? We are daughters of the king of kings. And so, of course, we're going to think that way. He's the ruler of all of creation and always has been, and he chose me to be his kid. I'm not going to go, yeah, (laughs) oh, excuse me, you know, tiptoe around other people. No, I'm God's kid. Does Princess Diana, you know, shy away and whatever? Like real royalty uh, throughout the ages? I need a better example whatever. They know their royalty. They know their royalty. You are royalty. So we need to act like it, right? Get it through your head. You can renew your mind by God's word, and it will change the way you act, the way you think. It's, it's happened in my life, and, and, uh, I know that, that as you take it to heart, take God's word to heart, that it will do the same for you. Let's go through a few verses here. Let me get a drink. and get the... So God's word says some things, okay? But first I want to warn you of some pitfalls. First of all, remember, you have to read God's word. Don't just listen to um, encouraging Caleb is great. But it's God's word that we're after. <laughs> it's the real diamonds, okay? It's not the cubic zirconian, right? We're after the real thing. We're after God's word for real, okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more word of God you hear, the more it changes you. Because why? It's active. It's alive. It's God's word is alive. I was looking for a Bible I can grab real quick and shake it around like a real preacher. not yours things would fly out okay never mind (laughs) but god's word is alive we've been studying cells at my house what is in a plant cell what is in an animal cell okay i'll I'll bring my kids up and they'll display their amazing knowledge with you but no what is in an animal cell is the same thing that's in our cells Every organelle is the same in an animal as it is in ours. So what's the difference? We have a spirit in us. Holy Spirit lives in us. Those who have not accepted him, they have their spirit waiting to receive. Holy Spirit to move in if they'll accept Christ, right? That's the difference between us and animals. How did I get off on that? That's not okay. Anyway, skipping ahead. (laughs) I'm not sure how I did that. Um, The word is alive. Yes. I really don't know where I was going, though. I apologize. It penetrates joint and marrow. It does. Good. Good. Down to the very. Yes. It says it penetrates. The word penetrates. Yes. It does. And it changes the structure of yourself. Mm-hmm. So. Very good. Very good. So you can speak to your body yes. and, and God's word. You speak life because God's word is life and healing to life. It is. It is. Okay. Go. Okay. Yes. Yes. No. No. That's exactly right. And we think some, well, some Christians, I'm not going to say anybody in this room, some Christians think... <laughs> That's a little corny. That's a little fruity. That's a little far out there. But we are talking about the creator of the universe, the same guy, you know, the same guy who made our bodies, the the same guy who said, let there be light, boom. And the light was that same word we carry around in our Bible covers, right? And it's real. And we speak that. And don't we have him living in us? Don't we have his... Isn't that the same spirit? The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in our mortal bodies. Isn't that the same guy? And if we let his word out, right, the spoken word of God, he created light. We, with his words, not some uh, fruity words, okay, not some self-help words, okay, but God's word from God penetrates, like you said, to the joint and marrow-changing transforming didn't we read a verse about trans being transformed by the renewal of your mind okay praise the lord now another warning where are we okay another warning is that there's a guy uh the enemy out there called the accuser of the brethren and he's the one out there who says you're never going to measure up Uh-uh, you sin too much god's never going to use you you're too lazy you're a bum you're so ugly and stupid. What makes you think you're worth anything? How in the world do you think you're going to tell anybody about Jesus? They're not going to believe you. Duh. That's the accuser of the brethren. And it sounds very much like, like words coming from someone else, but it really is the accuser of the brethren, isn't it? The accuser of the brethren is mentioned in Roman, or excuse me, Revelation 12. And right after he's mentioned... It says how to defeat him. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Two things. That's how you overcome the accuser of the brethren. Two things. The blood of the lamb. That's already happened. The lamb already died. His blood was already shed. Check. Next thing, the word of our testimony. That means we open our mouth and we speak the word. Okay, is it it enough to just read God's word? Read it till it, boom, out your mouth with authority. Okay, read it till you believe it. (laughs) This same verse would be great over and over and over till you believe it and then speak it. Like he spoke light and light was faith. Okay, also Remember about condemnation. Condemnation is another thing that's going to keep you from where God wants you to go in your identity in him. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So when you're feeling condemned, and you're feeling not worth it, and you're feeling not worthy, and you're feeling just plain yuck, that's not from God. That's not from God. That's when you go back to God's word and you believe the things that it says about you. Can we start passing those down? Like I left. Did we those pass them both down? Everybody should get one name tag, two name tags. You can name yourself a hundred things. I don't care. Yeah. Take one or two (laughs) name tags. Because you are a hundred things in him. And there's only a few of those. See, my thought was to leave them on the table. We would be around the table and everybody could look at them. But it didn't work out that way. So the reason I printed those cardstock papers was so if you wanted one, you could take one home, cut it up, display it, put it on your fridge, whatever. So since we're sitting in this arrangement, just pass them down if you'd like. Um, I think... We're not going to do the microphone. Let's not do the traveling microphone because that will be kind of crazy. Uh, we'll just go through the slides. I'm kind of over time anyway or almost or something. So we will go through just, just to hit a few of those truths that are, if, if it's on the cardstock or wherever, another, another, hey, this is a Pinterest idea. Look up who we are in Christ. This is where I found these. I was on Pinterest for this reason. And people are really artistic on there, and they they make them pretty for you. Or you write it yourself all over your... Did you know that you can put dry erase on your mirror at home? And then you can erase it off? Have you tried that? Like dry erase marker on your bathroom mirror? I am... Huh? Who I am in Christ, or identity in Christ. Okay? On Pinterest... On the web, it's everywhere. Yes, I did it on Pinterest to find these. Please take these home, okay? Please take one. You're not being selfish. (laughs) There was only a few at each table. So um, if anybody wants one that didn't get one, I can easily print more at home. You can tell me or or somebody who who can do that. But let's read a few of those. Let's do that first slide. Okay, yes, thank you. We talked about this. I jumped ahead already. Can you guys see that verse at the bottom? Okay. Um, If you want to stand up, you can, or uh, I can read it. Whatever you feel comfortable with is fine. So, in Christ, I I was... Bought with a price. I talked a little bit about our value earlier, okay? And there's nobody like you in this whole wide world. Your fingerprint is unlike anyone else in the whole wide world. Every cell of your body is the same but different from everyone else's. Your chromosomes are lined up differently than anyone around the whole globe for all of time. And he bought just you with the blood of Jesus. Isn't that incredible? He bought you. And what was the price? A price that was so large that cannot possibly be paid again. The blood of Jesus was shed. Isn't that amazing? I never thought about it that way. That price was so large... It's never going to be paid again and it was paid for you. <sighs> Yay! I mean something. I was bought with a price. I'm valuable. Write that on your name t- tag if you want to. Be be valuable. That's who you are. Or complete. I am complete in Christ. Don't raise your hands. How many of you, a boyfriend stole part of you? How many of you were in some kind of relationship where that person walked away with a hunk and you are still hurting? We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Yes. And our soul is made up of our mind and our will and our emotions. Our mind, our will, our emotions. Our soul, I'm saying it over so you can think about it. Our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our minds, the things we think, our will, the things we decide and we want to stick to it, and our emotions. woo those things that are all over the place, right? And there's some pretty, pretty intense, pretty low, pretty high, all of those things. Any of those things that are not complete, some things that are lacking. My dad died of Pick's disease. It's an early-onset dementia. He died when he was 59. He didn't reach his 60th birthday. He was incomplete not because of Jesus. Jesus died and purchased that man, right? He was, he was bought with a price. He was valuable. But part of his, him was missing. And it affected us kids. It affected his marriage. It affected all of us. Because he was incomplete. There was part of him missing. But in Christ, in Christ, we are complete. We are complete in him. Write that on your name tag. I am complete in Christ. I am free in Christ. Only a couple more of these. You can go home and make a list of more and bring your cardstock home and just just make this a study. If if this is really on your heart, just dive into God's Word. Who am I? Who am I? What is my identity? why am I here? What am I doing here? Why did God create me? Not, not about what I do, but who am I? You know, I am free, free from sickness. I'm free from sin. I'm free from old habits. I'm free from hurts. I'm free from disabilities. I am free. I'm free to make decisions. I'm free to love. I'm free to be loved. I'm free to make that purchase. I don't have to pinch every penny. I'm free. I'm chosen. In Christ, I am chosen. Chosen. I'm chosen. Picked for the basketball team? (laughs) Picked for the playground game? Were you chosen? God chose you. Everyone, isn't that cool? He chose everybody for his team. But some people didn't want to join his team. But we chose to join his team, didn't we? If if everybody in here has given their life to the Lord. We chose. He chose us. And we said, yay, I get to be on God's team. We're chosen. We're chosen. We're chosen not just for who we are, but what we can do. He created each of us with talents and abilities. He he patterned us. Uh, We were talking at our table a little bit about how little kids sort of start to show early in life what they're interested in and may just be what they turn out to be as an adult, their their occupation someday. We were talking about that at our table, but before we were created in our mother's womb, God knew us. (laughs) He built us put us together, put the pieces of our body and our mind, our chromosomes, our abilities, our talents. He knew ahead of time what we were going to be doing, who we would be, who our relationships would be, what our opportunity, he knew that he would provide opportunities in our life to do what he made us, patterned us, fashioned us, built us to do. We serve an amazing God. He's chosen you for what? Some of us have found it. Some of us know. Some of us are wondering. I remember when I was really wondering in high school, like, you're supposed to answer those questions. People ask you, what are you going to do? I don't know. Don't ask me that question anymore. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do. Some people know. Some people don't know. Some people find out late in life. Some people know when they're 10. That makes me jealous. But... (laughs) We find it in him, don't we? We find it in him. We find out who we are in him. We find the talents and abilities, and we're like, wow, God, I can do that. And you really flow through me when I do that, so that must be what I'm made for. Okay, so everybody have their name tag? Do I need to give you some more ideas about what to put on your name tag? Let me read a few more ideas if you haven't. Okay, there's some up there. Anybody mess up on their name tag and need some more? Need some more extra. Oh. Anybody else? I brought lots. Raise your hand if you need a pin or a name tag. Okay, we did pretty good. Absolutely. Anybody else? Okay, we're well supplied. Ladies, nice job. How about this? Daughter of the King, you are fearless. In Christ, I am restored. I am bold. I am healed. I bear fruit. I'm chosen. I'm valuable. We said we talked about those. I'm his masterpiece. I'm his masterpiece. I'm a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. I'm a new. I'm new. I'm brand spanking new right off the lot. <laughs> I'm creative. Flash up that that last one, will you please, Norma? I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior, and I'm beautiful. I'm strong and tough. You are. You are. If you don't, if you disagree with that statement, you just don't know him well enough inside of you yet. I'm nurturing. If you're a woman in this room, you are made to nurture. Not necessarily a child, maybe a child, maybe your own child, maybe another child, maybe a young woman, maybe an old woman, maybe an old man, maybe chickens. (laughs) I'm nurturing my chickens. If you're a woman you are made to nurture that's who you are god put that in your dna as a woman you are made to nurture if you don't have someone young in the faith someone who's struggling ask god he'll bring you there's plenty out there that you can nurture you can tell them who they are in christ okay let me see if there's anything else okay i want to hit two more highlights and then i'll be done is that okay debbie Okay, there was a girl named Tiffany in the church that I used to go to. She had long, sleek hair. She was newly married and a a, uh, pastor's daughter. I don't know if it was because she was a pastor's daughter or just because she was sweet Tiffany. But she always said something to me that changed me forever. She said this every time she saw me, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every whatever night prayer meeting was, she said, hey, beautiful, every time she saw me. And she meant it. And I was in a stage in my life where my kids were young and everything went to my kids. Okay. My husband worked hard and worked a lot to take care of our family. I was home with my kids a lot. And I didn't take care of myself. I didn't exercise. I didn't care about makeup. I ate what I wanted when I felt like it because it comforted me. And I, I was just, when I looked in the mirror, I did not like what I said. Like I, I did not like what I saw. So I just passed it by. Don't look in there. <laughs> Stay away from the mirror. So when I went to church and she said, hey, Beautiful. I was like, really? What? Not me. But she kept saying it. And I've told her, I've said, Tiffany, those words to me have changed me. Because she wasn't speaking her words. She may not have looked at me and saw that on the outside. But those were God's words to me. And it was just that little thing that started all this. God's work in my life. (sighs) How, much, how can you help someone else? What What are God's words that need to come out of your mouth to somebody else? It can be simple. It doesn't have to be corny and, and fruity <laughs> to be God, you know? In fact, if it is, like, canned, please just keep it to yourself. Make sure it's from your heart. Make sure it's from God's word. Um. If you aren't already, encourage someone, nurture someone in God's, in who they are. Um, One thing I like about Oakton is that the ladies here, the men here, don't compete with one another. They let each, have you noticed that about this church? I love that. There's not competition. In in so many churches, there are competition. Well, who's going to be the you know best dressed this morning or who's going to sing the prettiest or who's going to you know lead the most to the lord or whatever here it's a team effort and isn't that beautiful and and every every lady lets their gifts shine and the others back up and go wow you are gifted at that go i'll help you i love that about this church and so let's keep doing that it really is an example of the true body of christ when we do that. So um, just an encouragement to see what God sees in other people and celebrate it. Not out of pride, but because it's God in there that we see. Does that make sense? Thanks for listening.